I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, February 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, a University of British Columbia student is majoring in supercomputing. He's flying back and forth every week from Calgary to Vancouver to avoid astronomical rent. Tim Chen crunched the numbers and found that it was cheaper for him to live at his parents' house in Calgary and fly round trip every week to attend his two classes, which is about 1200 bucks a month, rather than stay in Vancouver where the average monthly rent for a one-bedroom unit sits at $2,100. Jay, what do you think about this plan? Uh, uh, that's really something. It's a lot. Plus, he's getting miles. So, like, you know, he, he's really doing double whammy. I think that's super smart, and that's a good way to save money, apparently. I don't think you can get the full UBC experience if you're flying back and forth every week, but, um, you know, good on him. What about you? Yeah, as somebody who commuted about an hour 15, an hour and a half each way every day for my entire university career, it can't be worse than that. It's like I didn't really get the authentic U of T experience, not that there was one, but I didn't get the more authentic U of T experience from commuting. And so I would probably rather do this. I think it's like more interesting. You probably get in and out quicker. I think this is a lot better than normal commuting, which is probably what his alternative option was. Yeah, there's another option too, even Calgary. Well, yeah, yeah, you probably got to change school selection. You know, I think the nice thing about Canada, Jay, is that every university in this country, this, the, the secret is that it's all kind of the same. And so your University of Calgary versus UBC debate, I, it's pretty thin. Uh, you know, when I first read the story, I thought it said supercomputing. And then it was the story, which actually would be very cool, a pretty cool major as well. But Brett, aside from super commuters back and forth from Calgary to BC, what do you have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, the Leafs captain tries to skate around taxes. For our second story, Canadian miners look to Ottawa for help and our big picture. For our first story, professional athletes, they're just like you and me. They eat, they sleep, and they hate paying taxes. Which professional athlete are we talking about, Brett? We're talking about the captain of the best hockey team in the world, the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's John Tavares, and he's in a heated face-off against the Canadian Revenue Agency, the CRA. The hockey star claims that the tax body miscalculated what he owes on the $15.3 million signing bonus he got when joining the Leafs in 2018. The CRA determined that Tavares failed to pay taxes on the bonus as part of his salary, which is taxed at about 38%, and owes over $8 million in back taxes plus interest. Now, to catch you up, signing bonuses for U.S. resident athletes joining a Canadian team are taxable, but as part of an exemption, they can't exceed a 15% tax rate. Tavares argues bonus should be taxed at 15% as he was a New York resident in 2018 and spent just 45 days in Canada that year. Yeah, Tavares wants that 8 milli back. With one more year left on his deal and in the midst of a career worst season, his next contract might not be as lucrative as his current one. Yeah, it sounds like his case is pretty good, Jay. Now, aside from this exemption, signing bonuses in Canada aren't treated, are treated as regular old salary. They're taxed at salary rates. The CRA likely determined that Tavares' bonus didn't qualify for the exemption as a Canadian employer paid it while he lived and worked in Canada, aka not New York. Yeah, and it matters because the result of the dispute could have ripple effects for other teams. Besides the colder weather and less flashy locales, Canadian franchises already struggle to attract top-end talent due to a top federal tax rate that's higher than that of many American states. I'm, I'm all for taxing the rich, Jay, but we got to put... You all, but you also want a really good hockey team and, and a winning baseball yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe Shohei would have come. Uh, while states like New York and California have comparable rates to those in Canada, 
They also offer global fan bases, exciting vistas and unmatched sporting opportunities, which, by the way, I think Toronto does as well. But. Sure. The bottom line is, if the CRA wins, Canada's tax coffers will be $8 million richer. But it could make other athletes skeptical of the tax exemptions meant to lure them north. Meanwhile, teams in Florida and Texas, where there are no income taxes, will become even more attractive. For our second story, like anyone under the age of 40 trying to buy a house, Canadian miners will need a little bit of financial help if they want to set themselves up for the future. Yeah, here's what happened, Brett. As prices for critical minerals like lithium and nickel plummet, miners are warning that if the federal government doesn't step up to help fund new projects, Canada could fall behind in production to rivals like China for good. And this is all according to the Global Mail. Now, both lithium and nickel are key minerals for manufacturing EV batteries, an industry Ottawa has invested almost $33 billion into by way of subsidies for automakers. It's happening because amid worsening economic conditions in China, Chinese companies aren't buying as many minerals. That inventory stockpile is being sold off at a bargain, which has driven down lithium and nickel prices by 90% and 50% in just over a year. Plus, demand for EVs has been a lot slower than expected in Western countries, which has stalled the need for many of the minerals needed to make batteries. And it matters because demand for the minerals may be slow at the moment. But given that new mines often take over a decade to build, experts say a stall in investment now will put Canada at a big disadvantage down the road, especially as the EV transition ramps up. Which brings us to the bottom line. Canada secured the top spot of the most promising country for EV battery production this week. But without the mining infrastructure to turn its raw materials into a sellable commodity at the same pace as competitors, those hopes could slip away fast. And for our big picture, former RCMP director sentenced to 14 years, Cameron Ortis, the former intelligence director of the RCMP, has been sentenced to 14 years in prison for leaking secret information to targets of international criminal investigations. The presiding judge said that because of Ortis's actions, Canada's relationship with its intelligence allies may never be the same. Australia outlaws after-work calls. Australia is introducing a right-to-disconnect law that gives workers the right to tell their boss, respectively, of course, to leave them alone outside of business hours. The Ontario government passed a similar law in 2021 that required all businesses with over 25 employees to establish a right-to-disconnect policy. Apple working on a foldable iPhone. The world's biggest phone maker is developing foldable versions of iPhones and small iPads, a project that reportedly launched in 2018. Unfortunately for those of you who just can't wait to fold your phone like a Game Boy, the iPhone model is still in its very, very early phases. Peak Pals, thanks for making this the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, want to follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great Thursday, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.